Welcome to the I Love Seville Show, guys. My name is Jerry Miller. It's a Tuesday afternoon in downtown Charlottesville, and yours truly is jacked and full of adrenaline. I've been anticipating this day for most of the year, Election Day in Charlottesville. I said yesterday on Twitter, I like Election Day more than the Super Bowl. I like Election Day more than the World Series. I like Election Day more than the college baseball playoffs. I like Election Day more than the NBA championship. I like Election Day more than a Gloria Estefan concert. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. I like Election Day more than a Gus Burger eating contest at the White Spot. And yes, I've done those many, many, many times with an appetite of sensational proportions. And I still didn't win the Gus Burger eating contest, probably because I'm 150 pounds soaking wet, five foot eight, standing on the yellow pages. Ah, that's a topic for a different day. So you are heading to the polls. I want to start the program by saying this. Vote. Please. Please vote. It is our, it's not just our right. In a lot of ways, I feel like it's our duty. Democracy is only as strong as the engagement at the polls. And to say that we have democracy in the city of Charlottesville, maybe that's a stretch. And maybe it's a stretch because one side, one party, has so much, such a dominant market share. Wouldn't it be interesting if those that were purple or red in their ideology the blue dog Democrats, the purple ideologies, the independents, the libertarians, all galvanized and said, you know what? Let's give these liberals a run for the money. Will that happen today? Time will tell. Probably not. But there are a couple of races where we will truly understand how the political winds are blowing and in which direction. The political winds will be gauged by a Sally Hudson, Cree Deeds, state senate run. The political wins will be gauged by Dave Norris, Katrina Coulson, and Bellamy Brown. If Dave Norris wins, liberal, as liberal gets, the market share and the dominance, the stranglehold will get tighter. If a Sally Hudson wins, we understand the socialist population is not only organized, not only mobilized, but vocalized. If a Natalie Oshrin beats a Bobby Fenwick, we understand that the political winds in central Virginia are undoubtedly blowing a deep, deep blue color. But if a Bobby Fenwick could get a spot on the council, if a Bellamy Brown or maybe even a Katrina Coulson can get a spot in the House of Delegates, if a Amy Lawfer potentially beats Kellen Squire, despite what I think is arguably the worst campaign run in this election cycle. Yes, Amy Lawfer, that's you. You've run the worst campaign this election cycle. Facts, Amy. Facts. If she beats Kellen, the winds may be a blowing in a different direction. If Cree Deeds, an institution, beats the socialists, Sally Hudson, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, at least not yet, my crystal ball minutes away, but if a Cree Deeds stifles the socialists, socialist Sally, then you see the trade winds potentially 
are less progressive and more centered and neutral. A lot to cover on the Tuesday edition of the show. Election Day makes me as happy as any engagement, any activity, any sporting event that I can possibly do. I'm a junkie for local news, especially politics. This day is only surpassed by one event in America, and that's March Madness, in particular the opening round of the big dance. The only activity or opportunity for engagement that passes election day for me is college basketball in March. Now, I'm gonna offer some crystal ball predictions. I'm gonna break some news for you today. I'm gonna give you a sneak peek on city manager, Charlottesville, Virginia. We're gonna chitter chatter, Mr. Tito Durrett. Tito Durrett, a man who grew up in the Charlottesville Police Department, a man who matured in the Charlottesville Police Department. In fact, can you go to the studio camera? Go to the studio camera right now. I'm gonna run off set and I'm gonna come back in 50 seconds. Are you studio camera? Put me on the timer, look at your watch. I need a total of 10 seconds. I'm gonna leave this chair, I'm gonna head over to that desk, I'm gonna grab something, and I'm gonna be back in this chair in front of this mic in less than 10 seconds. Do you think I can do that in less than 10 seconds? Let's put the over under Judah. Why don't we welcome Judah Wickhauer in a two shot? Let's see the handsome guy that's known across the Eastern Seaboard as Judah B. Wickhauer, AKA J Dubs. Are you on a two set, Judah? Are you on a two shot? I can't wait to get J-Dubs in the mix right here. J-Dubs is now going to be reading your comments live on air. When you comment on the show, it's going to be Judah Wickhauer that's going to be refreshing the pages, responding to you, and offering your perspective live on air. J-Dubs, you got the 10-second timer. Tell me when you're ready. Are you looking at it? You're going to need something that has a second counter. Are we on a studio camera? Are we on a two-shot of the studio camera? We're on the two-shot. All right, let's go studio camera. Tell me when you're ready. What's the time? Jesus, I almost knocked the love sign down behind me. It was close. What was the time? Eight seconds. Eight seconds. I knew I could beat it. So I'm looking through business cards. I got these business cards right here. I would say, hold on. Are you, are you on a one shot? Yeah. Let's go to, uh, all right. I got all these business cards within the last 20 days of June. People just stopping by, saying hi, trying to introduce themselves. Let's throw them in the air. All right. Let's see here. The business card I am looking for is, where's she at? Come on now. This one. Tito Durrett's. Tito Durrett's business card. Right here. One shot me. Ooh, there's Charlottesville's finest right there. You one shot me? Yeah. Major Latroy Tito Durrett, the assistant police chief. I have nothing but tremendous respect for you, sir. And I'm going to reach out to you through this cell phone number from my cell phone, and I'm gonna respectfully ask if you come on this program to celebrate and champion your retirement that's gonna happen later this month. The assistant police chief, a man that perhaps I've said on this program should have been the police chief, and that's no shade on Michael Kotchis. Chief Kotchis, nothing but props for you. I see you walking all the time. I gave you a holler the other day and told you you were doing a great job. Tito Direct grew up in the police department. I'm going to text him. I'm going to ask him kindly to come on the show to champion and celebrate a career of significant proportions in this community. 
We're going to talk on this program. Man, these are a lot of business cards right here. This is only one month. Let me put Tito's to a side here. Um, I'm going to give you some insight into the city manager search. Insight that you can find at no other platform, no other media outlet, not the newspaper, not the TV stations are about to give you what I'm going to give you today. No one. No one, no one, no one. I encourage you, the viewer and listener, to hammer the like button and to share the show. Whether you're watching in Buckhead, Georgia, like our heat map says. Whether you're watching in Tallahassee, Florida, like our heat map says. The folks outside Nashville that always watch the show. The folks in the Big Apple that watch the show. The University of Virginia brand is strong. And people love this town. And they enjoy taking a sneak peek and checking it in. Checking in on the town they love through this network. Why? Because this show's everywhere. Especially in the palm of your hands. So get the like button and hit it hard. I'm talking hammer it. Retweet the show. Do it now. And put comments on the Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn pages that you love to watch the show upon. J-Dubs will read them live on air. I want this to be a special day. A special, special day. I need you to have the sizzle reels ready to go. The first sizzle reel we're going to rock and roll with is the city manager search J-Dubs. But before we get to that sizzle reel, I want to offer some perspective on what I think is going to transpire in this community. So I'd like to first go on a one-shot, and then we'll head to a two-shot as you read the comments live on air of the people watching the show. You're going to want to hit refresh, and then you're going to want to respond to their comments like we talked about before the program. If you could, please, sir, thank you kindly. First, Charlottesville City Council. Ladies and gentlemen, by now you know this. There are three spots on council up for grabs, and three of five represents a majority. This is an important election. Three spots come up on council every four years. The last time three spots came up on council was 2019. And boy, 2019 was a crazy time in our fair and fine city. In 2019, Mayor Nakia Walker was running for re-election before she decided to drop out of the race. Phew! Thank goodness. Because I truly think she would have won. But phew! Thank goodness she didn't seek a second term. Bellamy Brown, also in the mix for the 2019 city council race. From my standpoint, and I love Bellamy, Bellamy's a friend, Bellamy watches the show. In 2019, he ran as an independent. If Bellamy Brown had run as a Democrat in 2019, as he's running as a Democrat right now for the House of Delegates against Dave Norris and Katrina Colson, Bellamy Brown would have been on council for four years. Bellamy likely would have beat Cena McGill. Council probably would have looked like Michael Payne, Lloyd Snook, and Cena McGill. Or Michael Payne, Lloyd Snook, and Bellamy Brown. Instead, Bellamy Brown ran as an I in 2019. And when you run as an independent in the city of Charlottesville, you have very little chance of winning. In fact, the only independent that I can think of that's made uh, a spot on council um, is Nakia Walker. Rob Schilling did it as a Republican a couple of decades ago. Oof, and I got some things to say about Robbie Schilling. I mean, madre, carajo, coño. That's a topic for a different day. Maybe tomorrow I'll bring up the Rob Schilling content. Also tomorrow I'll bring up that project that's on Ivy Road and the site of the uh, Truist building. 
where the City Planning Commission is legitimately thinking about a nine-story building on Ivy Road for students and young professionals and, and grad students. Rory Stolzenberg in today's Daily Progress, and I love Rory. I said on Twitter yesterday, Rory's one of the smartest people I know. When Rory listens, when Rory talks, I listen. But Rory pushing a nine-story building at the site of a bank building um, at a quarter in Charlottesville that's a cluster duck, quack, 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 is quintessential Rory. It's quintessential Rory. That topic for tomorrow. 2019, Bellamy runs as an I, he loses. McGill, Lloyd, and Michael win. They serve four years. McGill doesn't even make it all four. She resigns in the middle of the term. Hence, Leah Perrier being on council now. Leah Perrier, interestingly, had no, um, she didn't want to run for re-election. Perhaps that was strategic by Payne and Lloyd Snook and company to pick her because they knew already that she was not going to seek um, a full term, which would be competition for them. I think what's going to happen in today's Charlottesville City Council race, it's going to be very straightforward. I think Michael Payne and Lloyd Snook win. They win re-election, they get a second term. They win re-election and get a second term because the value proposition of being an incumbent with the name recognition of having four years under your belt is a tremendous market advantage. Furthermore, Lloyd Snook and Michael Payne have done a pretty good job. I am about as polar opposite with Michael Payne and his politics as maybe anyone. Michael Payne's a socialist. I gotta be very straightforward, he's a socialist. Okay? I believe still lives in the basement of his parents' apartment, of his parents' house. In fact, the top revenue stream he earns every year is the $18,000 from being a city councilor. Now, when you don't have housing overhead, 18K can be your top revenue stream and you can somehow sustain. Um, I'm not throwing shade, I'm talking facts here, folks. Payne and Snook have the value proposition of four years of incumbency. They're going to win. The third spot, my friends, the third spot is undoubtedly, that third spot is undoubtedly a microcosm of the political trade winds in this fine and fair 10.2 square mile, 50,000 person city. If Bobby Fenwick Big Balls Bobby Fenwick. That's his new nickname, J-Dubs. Big Balls Bobby Fenwick. If Big Balls can get a spot on council, the political trade winds are blowing not from the progressive, but more from a centered side. Now, if the rookie, if the young buck, Natalie Ostrin, gets a spot on council, and Natalie, you've been doing a hell of a job campaigning. I saw on Twitter that you were putting up yard signs after midnight last night. Why you saved yard signs till after midnight, literally the day of election day, if you're doing it after midnight, why you were saving your yard signs till after midnight to put up? Hmm, that's a question for another day. Maybe you had some extra ones. I can't imagine yard signs that go up after midnight on election day are going to get you a ton of value. But hey, I'm not throwing shade. N-O. We need a nickname for Natalie Ostrin. What, are, what should her nickname be? Viewers and listeners, if Bobby Fenwick is now Big Balls Bobby Fenwick, what is the nickname for Natalie Ostrin going to be? 
I'm open-minded to your ideas, too. Put them in the comment section. Judah, if you have some ideas, do them as well. Make sure you're hitting refresh on those pages, because people are saying they're leaving comments. I'm getting DMs now, and you're not reading them. Um, so we'll come up with a nickname for Natalie. If N.O., a 20-something, she's literally in her 20s, she's a wedding and event planner at Pippin Hill, Pippin Hill, I mean, I would imagine a wedding or an event at Pippin Hill, it's probably going to start at 200000 for the event. I mean, that's the champagne of the champagne, Pippin Hill right there. That's the, uh, the Corvassier. That's the Johnny Walker Blue. That's the, uh, that's the best of the best. Two hundred k to start. She sells those events. She's got a base, and she gets commission on everything she closes. It's not a bad business to be in when you're in your late 20s, although you're working weekends. You're working weekends. I'm very curious to see how someone like Natalie Alshrin is going to be able to manage her Pippin Hill event and working for uh, um, Lynn Easton, the owner of Pippin Hill, and her husband. Dude, they are tough, and they are hard-nosed. And they're going to demand the most of her, especially on the weekends when events happen. But if Natalie can get a spot on the dais, then the political winds are undoubtedly blowing more progressive in Charlottesville than we've ever realized. Bob Fenwick has had a term on council. That term Bob Fenwick has had on council, you would say, has been a, I'd say, rocky if memory serves, and my memory rarely falters, he was the swing vote on A12. And what happened there? Now, hindsight's 2020. Bob's running on a platform of, God, taxes, 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 they're too much. Bob's running on a platform of upzoning. Upzoning? Upzoning? Like Alan Iverson. Practice? We talking about practice? Big Balls is like, upzoning? We talking about upzoning? Bob's running on a campaign of diminishing tax exposure for residents and slowing down and pumping the brakes of upzoning. If Fenwick is able to get elected today, a city that has roughly 48,000, 47,000 potential voters, let's cut to the chase, and an off-off year engagement's not going to come close to that. But if Big Balls is able to get a spot on council, then the community is telling us through how they vote that we need to pump the brakes on this upzoning mumbo-jumbo, and we need to have a more analytical look on how we're raising funds, 200 plus million dollars um, to keep this jurisdiction in operation every year. The yearly budget, well over 200 million. Natalie Austrin, on the other hand, remember she's in her late 20s, so she is pro-upzoning. She is having the difficulty of buying a crib, buying a casa, buying a house, buying an abode, buying a domicile, buying a place to sleep. She's a renter. So she sees why upzoning and potentially more density could be good for young millennials. I'm a geriatric millennial. 
and Gen Zers. She is in favor of bike lanes and walking lanes. So am I. Good God, let's make this city way more bike and pedestrian uh, friendly. It significantly needs it. It significantly needs it. Um, but she is undoubtedly progressive in her approach and progressive of how she looks at taxes and progressive of how she looks at um, Charlottesville. So when we go to bed tonight, we should have a pretty good idea. And when we go to bed tonight, expect Snook and Payne to get reelected. But that third seat is going to be between Bobby and Natalie. What's Natalie's nickname? Did you come up with one? Uh, I think we might have one here. Let's see. Are we on a two-shot so people can see your handsome face? Anytime you're talking, we got to go two-shot. All right. I'm on a two-shot. What do we got? Who's it from? Uh, let's see. We got Albert Graves here saying the young doe. I'm not sure who that's directed at. The young doe? Yeah. D-O-E? Albert Graves, Warrior AG, rocking Crozet right now. The Young Doe is an option. I love it, Warrior AG, when you comment. Hit refresh on the other browser tabs. What's Natalie's nickname? We got Big Balls, Bobby Fenwick, and Natalie Oshran. We need one for Natalie. D-O-E, Albert Graves, Warrior AG. You want to probably hit the volume on that keyboard, please. Can we turn that off? Thank you. Um, you got Mr. Cooper, who I don't think has a shot here. Mr. Cooper has done barely any fundraising. Mr. Cooper has had the least amount of penetration with campaign and brand visibility. And Mr. Cooper has undoubtedly been linked to chat GBT for his answers for the Charlottesville Tomorrow voter profile. I think he is, he is going to come in at significantly a last position. The Fenwick and Oshran tally will be an indicator of those political trade wins. Will old school Charlottesville, will the OG of Seaville come out by the thousands? Will the neighborhood associations like Rugby Hills and Rugby Heights and Lewis Mountain and Fry Springs and Johnson Village and the front of Willoughby, will these neighborhood associations utilize their organizing communication channels to encourage their residents to vote by the masses for Bob Fenwick to keep density from becoming a reality that very well could happen? Or will an off-off year in a very progressive city make Natalie Oshran a slam dunk for spot number three? All those trends we should follow very closely. Also, something to follow, if Natalie does get elected, she will be the only female on council. She will be the only one. Only one next year, okay? If Bobby Fenwick gets elected, it will be an all-male council, and four of the five councilors will be white men. Okay? It's important to highlight that. It's important to highlight that. Comments before we get off this topic? You're refreshing all those pages. The viewers and listeners like to have their, their hard work of commenting acknowledged on the show, and that, my friend, is now your responsibility. What? Yeah. Anybody right. else there? Albert followed up with Natalie the Young Doe female deer. Ah, oh, Natalie the young doe, female deer. Okay, that's on my short list. It's on my short list there. Um, Richmond, Virginia, hello. Arlington, Virginia, hello. Welcome to the program. Virginia Beach, hello. Norfolk, hello. Williamsburg, hello. North Downtown, hello. Belmont, hello. Uh, Jay, looks like the heat map is somewhere on Cherry Avenue. Hello and welcome to the program. Now, 
I want to talk about the um, Steve Harvey news. Judah, 30 days ago. Are we two-shotting it right now? No. Okay. We can two-shot anytime you want, or we can keep it on a one-shot, whatever you think is good. I trust your judgment, my friend. 30 days ago, we percolated, we contemplated, we chitter-chattered that maybe a Republican or an independent would jump in the mix for the Amy Lawfer, Callan Squire race in the House of Delegates. The prediction was as the following, here, and, and, and hear me out here. Lawfer and Squire had made such a train wreck in a mess of their race that the disaster, the soap opera of HD 55, as, as it's known on the interwebs, was going to influence and encourage the entry of a Republican or an independent. I immediately floated Steve Harvey with my crystal ball prediction. Why I floated Steve Harvey? And Steve is going to join us on this program on Thursday. Steve Harvey on the show on Thursday. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. Mark your calendars, boys and girls. Thursday for Steve Harvey. I floated the idea, Steve, because... Steve, and is, is Steve watching right now? Let's see. I'm going to check. Steve Arena, are you watching right now? Big Steve, are you watching? Let me know if Big Steve's watching over there, J-Dubs. Um, I mentioned Steve because Steve is committed to his community. Steve is a political junkie like yours truly. Steve Harvey is unafraid to fail. Steve Harvey, in between jobs, it's fair, started um, as a realtor, then ended up working for Ryan Holmes. Tough business working for a company like Ryan. No shade at Ryan Holmes, but it's not a job uh, for an independent, entrepreneurial, free spirit open-minded guy that likes to come and go as he please. Ryan Holmes makes you wear ugly golf shirts with their logo on it and sit in open houses from 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. If you're an entrepreneur or a free spirit sitting in a chair from 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. will definitely will eventually wear you down like a number two pencil taking the standardized tests, the SATs. That's what happened to Steve. Things didn't go well initially when he tried to get into real estate. Then with the Denise Ramey team, who's a client of ours, Denise Ramey, we built her website, managed her website. She's a damn good agent. So is her team. He then went to work for Ryan. When you work for Ryan Holmes, you're in a chair at an open house all day, every day, especially on the weekends when the foot traffic is present. That is going to wear a free spirit, an entrepreneur like Steve Harvey down very quickly, and that's exactly what it did. So I knew 30 days ago that Callan Squire and Amy Lawfer had not only humiliated the Democratic Party, not only humiliated Al Morrow and Charlottesville, 
not only put HD 55 on the national map, we're talking a race that's barely above city council level, but they turn this mudslinging soap opera into a brouhaha of ridiculous proportions, a brouhaha that makes Victor and Cricket and Jack on Young and the Restless seem sane, seem consistent with their mood and their behavioral behavior and their sexual tendencies. And when Jack and Cricket and Victor and the cast at Young and the Restless looks sane and consistent with their mood and their emotions and their sexual tendencies, you know the mudslinging is of nasty proportions. And it is. And it continues to be. That nastiness inspired, influenced Steve Harvey to get in the mix. Why? Because Steve saw an opportunity. Why? Because Steve may be a glutton for punishment. Steve ran against Ann Malik in 2019 in the Whitehall, Almore County Board of Supervisors District. He lost. Ann Malik beat him pretty good. Everything I'm saying is factual. No one can get pissed off with what I'm saying here. It's factual, okay? Absolutely factual. He lost to Malik. Now, what Steve did do was generate the most vote engagement for a Republican in that Whitehall district in a very long time. Steve is undoubtedly the prince of the Albemarle GOP. He is the prince of the Albemarle County uh, Republican Party, undoubtedly. John Lowry, active in Steve Harvey's campaign. I think his campaign manager. I'll ask Steve on Thursday. Steve made an announcement yesterday on Twitter. It's important to emphasize, Steve, your constituency and your voter base is not on Twitter, dude. That's the socialists. So while your largest social media following is Twitter, your following is basically um, not local by any means, and it's the space or platform that's really not going to generate a lot of votes for you. If I were to give you some advice, and I have plenty of advice to give, and I'm good at it, I would very much encourage you to penetrate LinkedIn and Facebook and some of the more moderate platforms and ideology if you're going to want to use social media to get voter engagement. So you got Steve Harvey. Tuesday he makes an announcement, or yesterday he makes an announcement at 9.30 a.m. He tags me on Twitter, and he tags Rob Schilling on Twitter, and he tags Joe Thomas on Twitter. He's like, boys, I'm going live on Twitter at 9.30 a.m. from the Holly Mead Town Center. I'm like, all right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, Deep Throat's exactly right. He's given me some good advice. Uh, Steve Harvey, you need to get on next door and, and, and try to own the ultimate cranky boomer demographic that is next door. Deep Throat, I love when you watch the program. Deep Throat, I love when you watch the show. I think Deep Throat's watching the show in Montana right now. Montana, J-Dubs is in the house. Make sure you're refreshing those things. People are literally texting me saying you're not responding to their messages. Um, Steve makes the announcement on Monday. Steve makes the announcement on Monday at 9.30 a.m. on Twitter in front of the Holly Mead Town Center. It's about a four-minute announcement. He has two signs behind his back, J-Dubs. The first sign he shows is a Steve Harvey for delegate sign. I am going to run in... HD 55, and I'm going to challenge Squire and Lawfer. 
He mentions in his announcement yesterday, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, it's an honor to walk in the footsteps of Thomas Jefferson. Steve, if you're looking to win a race, maybe Tommy J should not be in your opening announcement, your monologue. Just a suggestion. Let's be strategic. It's called political science. It's an approach you're going to need because your back is significantly against the wall here. So Steve makes this announcement on Twitter in front of Holly Mead. You see the town center behind him. He pulls out the Steve Harvey for delegate sign. I'm like, let's go, Steve. I knew you were going to do this. Let's rock and roll. I appreciate your hustle, Steve Harvey. I appreciate your chutzpah, Steve Harvey. And anyone that's willing to run for local election, trust me, I very much consider doing it. I'm still getting significantly pushed to do this. People are continuing almost on a weekly basis to pepper either my wife or me with encouragement or potential donation to challenge Mikey Pruitt, who is running for the Scottsville seat, now Morrill County. Mike Pruitt has never worked in the private sector. His professional experience extends to being in the Navy serviceman. There's nothing wrong with that. I applaud him for his service. He's 31 years old. He's living in a house purchased in conjunction with his parents, and his brother is a tenant in the house to help cover the mortgage. 31-year-olds, not in the private sector, homes being purchased in conjunction with their parents, only professional experience, Navy service person, a guy who potentially could be running a $400 million-plus budget, one of six people. That should really rankle all of us. It should rankle all of us. I digress, and I apologize. So Steve has got a sense of invincibility that many politicians have, and you need that sense of invincibility. It's the same sense of invincibility that many athletes have. You know why Michael Jordan continues to take the last shot throughout his career, why Michael Jordan was, was willing to take the last shot despite an entire arena hating him if he missed it, despite the entire national media or global media attacking him if he missed that shot. You know why Michael Jordan always took the last shot? Because Michael Jordan was unafraid to fail. Entrepreneurs, I've been working in business for 15 years for myself. I am unafraid to fail. I don't give a rat's ass if I fail. In fact, I would rather fail and fail quickly and learn something than have something peter or be somewhat okay for an extended period of time. I want to fail at it instead of it being so-so. Just let me fail at it and I'll learn about it. Okay? Tiger Woods, unafraid to fail. Michael Jordan, unafraid to fail. Nikola Jokic, unafraid to fail. Jamal Murray, unafraid to fail. Jason Tatum, unafraid to fail. Steve Harvey, unafraid to fail. Bellamy Brown, unafraid to fail. Dave Norris, unafraid to fail. Sally Hudson, Creed Eats, Big Balls, unafraid to fail. Unafraid to fail. When you have a mindset of being unafraid to fail, at the same time that you're in between jobs, at the same time you're a political junkie, at the same time, the Democratic Party is humiliating itself in HD 55 with, 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 with scummy mailers that are synonymous with Jack and Cricket and Victor all over Young and the Restless. All those stars aligned at one time and inspired Steve Harvey to get in the race. And I know him and his personality makeup. And 30 days ago, I said this was going to happen. And it did. 
I can also give you some insight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, viewers and listeners of this fine and fair talk show. I can also give you some insight that Denver, Miami Sound Machine, baby, Jen Finazzo, I love Gloria Stefan. Gloria Stefan in concert, ah, so good. Got the goosebumps going. You love Gloria Stefan too, don't you, Judah? Sure. Do you know who Gloria Stefan is? Yeah, Miami Sound Machine. Cubana. Ella es Cubana, chico. Okay. I'm going to tell you, Denver Riggleman seriously considered entering this race. I know firsthand. And Denver was going to do it as an independent. In fact, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to my Twitter. I'm going to the live broadcast right now. I'm going to respond to the show on my page on Twitter, Denver Riggleman. You should enter this race. Let me find his Twitter account. Oh, Rep Riggleman. Wasn't it Tom Garrett who showed us that people can go from Congress to the state level? Elliot Harding, are you watching the program? Where's my, where's my boy Elliot Harding? Is my boy Elliot Harding watching the show? Big E, you watching the program right now? Let me see if he's live. Is Big E watching the show? I believe Tom Garrett. Viewers and listeners, help me here. Jim Hingley, John Blair, help me out here. Didn't Garrett, didn't he go Congress to the state level? Can somebody help me with that? Rep Riggleman. Ah, there you are. Now I got to put a period before the tweet so it doesn't show up as a reply. Rep Riggleman, you should enter HD55 hashtag as an independent. You will dominate everyone, exclamation point. Then I'm going to hit enter, enter for an extra space, and I'm going to tag Squire Kellen. I'm going to tag Amy Lawfer. Lawfer for 55. I'm going to tag Steve Harvey. Steve, what's your handle? Isn't it like something like vote Steve Harvey? What's Steve's handle? Uh, let me see if I can save it. Steve, you gotta get, you got to change your handle on Twitter, dog. It can't be what it currently is. It's not branded correctly. That Twitter handle is... You sent it to me yesterday. Where the hell is that? Um, fun to vote. At symbol fun to vote. Fun to vote. You need a new handle, dude. Please. Please. Branding is important. This is my specialty. Fun to vote. I'm tagging him, too. So, I'm sending a tweet... Fun to vote. There you are. Rep Riggleman, you should enter HD55 hashtag as an independent. You will dominate everyone. And then I'm tagging Kellen, Amy, and fun to vote. I tweeted it. It just got tweeted. I'm now toggling over to the I Love Seville Twitter account, and I'm going to amplify this tweet by retweeting what I just did. Do that. Boom. Follow me on Twitter. Um, Riggleman was this close to getting in the mix. He's still considering it. He would dominate everyone. Steve's in the mix, and he's got an interesting wrinkle. And Steve, I genuinely think this was a good idea from you. I genuinely think this was a good idea. Steve um, 
is launching a small business at the same time he's doing a campaign for delegate. So when he does his four-minute... Oh, Virginia Political Memes just retweeted my tweet. Virginia Political Memes just amplified my tweet. And Virginia Political Memes took my tweet and they put it in front of their Twitter account, which is over 10,000 people. Virginia Political Memes, thank you. That was very nice of you. Um, Harvey made an announcement yesterday at 9.30 in the morning with a sign behind his back indicating he was going to run for delegate. Then another sign behind his back that was for the new business he's about to start. And that business is called First Free Coffee. And the concept of the business, a coffee shop in Holly Mead, this is an interesting idea, but then like Steve does, he's making it way too more elaborate. I'll explain how. Um, the first cup of coffee, when you go to First Free Coffee, the new coffee shop in Holly Mead, is going to be purchased by Steve as a thank you. And then you have an opportunity to sit down with the candidate and get to know him. So if you want free coffee, you go to First Free Coffee. The first cup is on the house. You just have to talk with Steve and get to know or hear about his campaign. Steve also texted me today that he's going to try to build a podcasting studio with cameras and microphones for plug and play at the coffee shop. Yes, it's a brilliant idea to have a coffee shop with customers that are loud and machines that make a lot of noise in the same room as a podcasting studio. There will be no noise interference, I promise you. But that's the business model, Judah. A coffee shop called First Free Coffee, where you get a cup of coffee free, with a podcasting studio in the coffee shop. Well, if you want the first cup of coffee free, you need to talk to Steve about his campaign. So the guy is utilizing the exposure he gets from running for HD55 to drive brand awareness, community engagement, and incremental revenue for his coffee shop. I hope to God this was not a long-term lease that was signed. Because if there's one thing we know in this community, Judah, the, most two, the two most competitive spaces of business, two-shot Judah, two-shot Judah, two-shot Judah, and if there's any comments you want to read, read them live on air. I got some being sent to me right now. Um, what are the two most competitive positions of business, J-Dubs, in this community? The two most what? Two most competitive aspects of business in this community. Two most competitive spaces of business. What are the two professions of business that have the most competition and saturation in Charlottesville and Almar County? Food and beverage. Food and beverage is one. What's the second? Mm, realtors. There it is. Man learns. The man learns. Smart man right there. So he goes from being a realtor, the most competitive space of business on the Denise Ramey team, to opening up a food and beverage business, a coffee shop, the most com second most competitive and saturated space of business in Central Virginia. I hope it's not a long-term lease there. Some free advice. I like the concept of depicting the flip book. Flip book, you know those flip books where you flip the pages when we were a kid and you'd see people doing cool stuff? I like the concept of 
a flip book um, depicting Steve's launch of this coffee shop. He said he was going to document it on social media. I like that idea. Do I like the idea of him doing this while um, you got to Folks, I think you got some comments to respond to. Uh, Bill McChesney's on mine. Chuck Ramey's on the I Love Seville group. I haven't uh, seen Bill. I've got Albert Graves. He's got a few. Uh, here's Bill's right here. Next door on my personal page. you got to hit refresh on the browser tabs. And you yes. may need to open up the uh, show to see the comments. On the bottom right corner of the video, hit the uh, X so the video opens, and yep. then you'll see them. Well, Bill McChesney's is uh, next door. Yeah, he suggests the next door app for Steve to get market penetration. And uh, we've got a comment from uh, Mr. Anonymous Chuck Ramey. Right? Oh, what's that? About uh, next door. Who's uh, that? Anonymous. Oh, anonymous. he calls next door the ultimate cranky boomer site. Yes, it's probably. Uh, so Steve's going to depict okay. his campaign and his small business at the same time. Most people just do political campaigns by themselves. They don't do startup launches at the same time they're doing a campaign run. But Steve is a unique person. Do I think he has a chance of beating Lawfer or Squire in HD55, which is as blue as blue gets? No, I do not. In fact, if you read the Daily Progress article, um, Kellen Squire basically said that. He said, whoever wins between me and Amy is going to win this competition. Kellen literally said that to the media. Literally said that to the media. Now, if you're breaking down um, Squire and you're breaking down um, Lawfer, I think, and I'm being very straightforward here, and I believe you do have some comments on LinkedIn as well that need some responses. Um, I don't see any on LinkedIn. I'm looking at it right here. You got it? Uh. Yeah. I'm, their folks are telling me. Um, if you look at Squire versus Lawfer, Lawfer was the favorite all along. Lawfer was the chairwoman of the Democratic Party for a cup of coffee, for a New York minute. She was the chairwoman. She had the political connections. She had the fundraising edge. She had the name recognition. She had been on the school board. She lost in the uh, Nakia Walker um, race. She was running, Heather Hill was running Nakia Walker. Everyone expected it to be Nakia and Amy. Then Heather beat um, Amy, which shocked the world. Heather literally has come on this program and said when she was campaigning, she knocked on every, city, every single door in the city. Heather told me that. When I campaigned to get on council, she knocked on every single damn door in the city. And Heather shocked the world, at least Charlottesville, and beat Amy. If Amy had not had gotten to Cricket and Victor and Jack and the Young and the Restless level with the mudslinging on the direct mailers and then double down, then triple down, then did commercials and press releases, she would have dominated the emergency room nurse, Kellen Squire. But that mudslinging, that nastiness has made this race competitive. And it's made Kellen Squire a, a martyr a sympathetic character that we empathize and worry and care about. He's a martyr. Callan Squire was made to be someone we feel bad for, we feel sorry for, because of mudslinging. And that empathy, that sympathy, 
that martyrdom will drive voter engagement. And what should have been a many-point victory, a many-point victory for Amy Lawfer is going to turn into a dogfight. A dogfight today. I've got a comment from Albert Graves asking, what are the rental prices for podcast studios? I've got a sports show I want to do. Uh, mm. We've also got... Uh, let's are we on a two-shot? Yes. We're, that's a conversation for all fair. We can, we can talk about that. Uh, John Blair commented on LinkedIn. He says, Garrett did. He was in Congress from 2017 to 2019. He just won the GOP nomination for the House of Delegates in an Appomattox Center district. The district is so Republican, he will win in the fall. Okay, so Tom Garrett showed us that you can go from Congress to the House of Delegates. And you can do it without being embarrassed because from a political standpoint, it's lower on the political totem pole. But Tom Garrett said, I'm going to do it. It's a precedent. It's a cop. Real estate term, a cop. Riggleman could do this. And if Riggleman did this, he would dominate. Lawford wouldn't beat him. Squire wouldn't beat him. Harvey wouldn't beat him. Riggleman would dominate. I know he's thinking about it. Trust me. I know he's thinking about it. Um, if Lawford gets the W on this evening, early this morning, whenever you get your news, then the political wins are much more established Democratic Party, centered Democratic Party, OG Democratic Party. If Squire gets the victory, the political wins in HD 55, which is Albar and Charlottesville, are more progressive, are more left of center, are more in the socialist, and I'm not calling it socialist, but flirting. He's more progressive. Time will tell. Now, let's get to HD 54, House of Delegates race in the 54th district. You got Dave Norris, one-time mayor of Charlottesville. You got Bellamy Brown, uh, police civilian review board chair. You got Katrina Coulson, chairwoman, Almore County School Board. These three are having a tussle of tremendous, tremendous proportions. Katrina Coulson's got the backing of Sonia Smith. And because of the backing of this kingmaker that we call Sonia Smith, she's dominated fundraising. If you took away the Sonia Smith contributions, which are significant, I'm talking what, 40, 50, 60 K in that wheelhouse. If you took away, it might be more. In fact, you know who sent that to me? I won't use his name. I'm just going to use the initials. T.S. He's an insider. Can't tell you who it is. My phone's about to die. Um, T.S. has confirmed, and you can find this on VPAP. Look at VPAP.org. That Sonia is well into 50 G's into Katrina. But if you take that if you take that Sonia contribution out of the mix, Norris and Colson and Brown aren't that far apart from fundraising. And I don't put so much emphasis on who has raised what money and how much because those numbers can be skewed by Bills and Smith and Dominion. It's been proven. 
clean water, his pack, Bill's his pack, another uh, big contributor to Commonwealth races. Those numbers can be skewed. So I don't put a lot of emphasis on uh, contribution levels, although it is a KPI, a key performance indicator to consider. I think the front runner in the Norris Colson Brown race is Dave Norris. Dave Norris has significant name recognition, whether it was as mayor of Charlottesville, whether it was as a peace treaty negotiator in the Charlottesville parking wars between Mark Brown and the city of Charlottesville. Dave Norris negotiated that peace treaty. Dave Norris has got household brand recognition. Katrina Carlson does too. Bella B. Brown does as well. It's just Norris has been doing this longer. He's been doing this longer. I think he beats Carlson and Brown. I think Carlson comes in second, and I think Brown comes in third. And I think with that crystal ball prediction, the political winds are, se- are telling us that HD 54 continues to be pretty darn progressive. Because that's Dave. Dave is a pro-housing guy. Dave is a pro-upzoning guy. Dave is um, an advocate for folks of every economic stratosphere, even those that do not have jobs. Dave is an advocate for. Dave is an advocate for maybe not a hand out, but a hand up. There's not a capitalistic bone in Dave's body. And I'm not endorsing Dave. If you were the business, if you wanted pro-business, you vote Bellamy Brown. If you wanted a centered politician that literally played it down the center of the aisle, you vote Bellamy Brown. If you wanted a guy that was pro-entrepreneurship, pro-small business, and truly understands what it's like to cut your teeth in an entrepreneurial setting, Bellamy Brown's your guy. But what I think is going to happen, I think Colson and Brown are going to chop the vote down. Colson and Brown are going to chop the vote down and propel Norris to winning. Norris's voter base is much more unique into itself than the Colson and Brown voter base that have overlap. If it was Norris versus Colson or Norris versus Brown and there was no third party, then maybe a Brown and a Colson have a shot. But what we got now is a voter base that's getting chopped. And that's going to push Davy Norris to, to victory. That's my prediction. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we should talk about Sally Hudson and Cree Deeds, a state Senate race. And this state Senate race got so ugly in the bottom of the ninth inning. Hell, I'll call it the bottom of the eighth inning. Sally Hudson was rolling out websites from her pack that was attacking Cree Deeds. So listen to this, J-Dubs. Sally Hudson created a branded website funded by her political action committee, her PAC, that featured nasty content about it when it comes to Cree Deeds' voting record on guns. Instead of taking that nasty content that was aggressive and attacking Cree and archiving it within the framework of her flagship Sally Hudson website, 
She chose instead to create an, a secondary brand outside of her Sally Hudson platform and put the nastiness there. Politics is a dirty business. It's a dirty, dirty business. She attacked Cree so much over the last week that Cree Deeds' daughter has gone on the defensive, hmm. writing such a long Facebook post that I could not make it through from start to finish, but a post nevertheless that was picked up by local media, including the Daily Progress. You legitimately have, legitimately have a socialist in Sally Hudson. She's a socialist. Now, can you put it on studio camera? I'm going to run and get that photo. I think I can do it in less than 10 seconds. And then I'm going to run over there and get that thank you note that she wrote me. So put it on uh, studio camera. I think I'm going to need 15 seconds. I'm going to 20 seconds to go over there because you said I did it in 8 seconds. And then I'm going to have to go across the studio to get the photo, okay? Put the over under on 20 seconds. Tell me when we're on studio camera and you're looking. You got to say on your market set, go and give me a 3, 2, 1 count in, please. 3, 2, 1, go. What was the time? I'd call it 14 seconds. I was under 20? Yeah. Dude, I am laterally quick. Laterally quick. Look, you can go on a one shot. One shot. Do they see it? Yeah. That's me and Sal. Right? Yeah. There's me and Sal. Me and Sal when she went after David Toscano. House of Delegates. She won. Toscano didn't even challenge her. Here's, here, here's a thank you note from Sal. Sally Hudson for delegate. Thanks for giving us a place to call home and all you do to serve and celebrate our community. I'm looking forward to showing more folks in Richmond all there is to love about Charlottesville, Jerry. Thank you. Me and Sal. Handwritten thank you note from Sal. I mean, she could be a state senator. I, we should probably frame this, right? The thank you note with her House of Delegates branding on it. There's the House of Delegates branding. Her first campaign headquarters was in my building. She rented from me. Me and Sal and a thank you note. We should put this together with Billy Castle uh, and the framing shop on the downtown mall. Sal's a, a socialist. Sal's a straight-up socialist. And Cree's a Democrat, but Cree's more centered. And we need to figure out if the political trade winds are going to blow away from an institution, Creed Eads, and towards pretty much a young gun. And if those trade winds, those political winds, blow to a young gun, who's got what? Limited experience when compared to, compared to Cree? If those political winds blow to the young gun, then good night. Progressive is not only Charlottesville now more, but that's infiltrated Nelson County. Old Nelson. Nelson's a part of this. You got a lot of tea leaves to read today. And one of my favorite things is reading political tea leaves. I love it. 
I'm a junkie for this stuff, guys. I crave it. I search it. I hunt for it. And then I try to pass along that information to you. That's what I try to do here. I was having a conversation with someone via DM. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, Jerry. It's like, okay. We don't make our, this is not a top four revenue stream for us. It's a six-figure stream, but it's not top four. We got commercial and residential rentals all over Albemarle and Charlottesville. That's all we would have to do. That's it. But I choose to do this because I'm passionate about it. That's why I choose to do this, because I'm passionate about it. The easy job would just to be collect rent checks at the P.O. Box on the first of the month. The first of the month. Is that Bone Thugs, Bone Thugs at Harmony? The first of the month. You know that song? Judah, I know you're blasting that in your Ford Fusion. The first Always. of the month. You love Bone Thugs, don't you? Certainly. <clears throat> We've got some uh, anonymous. Uh, I got his. I'll get to his. His are great. Um, now, we have some sizzle reels we need to play, right? Yeah. Deep Throat says, is it just me or was it weird and ironic for Coulson to run all those ads about the magic school bus of her youth while she presided over the Albemarle County Public School Board school board at a time when the kids on Afton Mountain were waiting two hours for their non-magic school bus? There's some irony there. Um, he also says, but in any case, a district that votes Brown or Coulson over... Uh, Norris or Coulson. What's that? Norris or Coulson. Oh, but in any case, a district that votes Nor Norris or Coulson over Brown reminds me of what Mencken said about the, the country electing uh, Calvin Coolidge. It's as if a man were standing before a banquet but decided for his dinner to turn around and try to catch flies. Bellamy Brown is a reasonable guy, a reasonable guy, and a vote for Bellamy Brown is a vote for common sense. A vote for Bellamy Brown is a vote for common sense. And I'll leave it at that. And I hope someone tells Bellamy that. A vote for Bellamy Brown is a vote for common sense. And I'll leave it at that. I think that's the furthest I've gone for an endorsement on this show. And I have to play it down the middle because, right? Hold on, studio cam, studio cam, please. This is why I got to play down the middle. Are you one-shotting it? Uh, yeah. Who's that? That is Cena McGill. Who's that? That is Michael Payne. Who's that? Uh, that is the mayor. Who's that? That is, oh man. Come on, Judah. Come on, J-Dubs. Who is that, J-Dubs? Oh, it's on the, right on the tip of my Who's phone. that? No, sir. We're not doing a show here. Who's this? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Ann Malik. Ann Malik, that's right. Who's this? 
That's Dave Norris. Who's this? That's uh, former mayor Nakia Walker. Nakia Walker. Who's this? That's Mr. Toscano. Okay. That's why you play it down the middle. Right there. First of the month. That's why you play it down the middle. So you text them and they come on. All right, I got two sizzle reels to play. The most important one, I think, is the Michael Rogers one. I straight up asked the mayor, Lloyd Snook, and one thing about Lloyd Snook is he's a straight shooter. He, you ask him a question, he ain't gonna beat around the bush. Lloyd is a straight shooter. You got that, you got that sound ready to go? Yeah. So who's gonna be the next city manager of Charlottesville, Virginia? Is it gonna be Michael Rogers? I think Michael Rogers very well could be the guy. He's on the short list. Let's cue that sound up in three. Let's cue that sound up in two and one. Let's play that sound. You know, since, since we wound up in January uh, bringing Michael Rogers in, he has brought a great deal of stability. He's I been mean, great. He, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a seasoned yeah, pro. Right. So, so Can he be the guy? Can Michael Rogers, is Michael Rogers the guy? Are we going to hire Michael Rogers? Uh, I will tell you that he is one of the finalists we've been talking to. If, if just a taxpayer's opinion here, I pay, I pay a lot of taxes on this building. Okay, we're talking $10,000 plus here. That's a lot of money. Hey, I'm two blocks away. I know, I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay, I, I feel the sting. Okay, and that's a lot of money. We may have real estate wealth, but it's not necessarily, you get it. I, absolutely, yeah. Okay, okay. So Michael Rogers seems like the right answer. He's already got a tryout. The tryout's going damn good. People like him, and he's willing to stay in the background, out of the limelight, and just run this. That's breaking news, dude. That's from Real Talk. The mayor just told you that Michael Rogers is on the short list for the city manager job. And ladies and gentlemen, why would you not hire Michael Rogers permanently? The dude has been on a, what, two-year tryout? The mercenary, hired gun, consultant from the Robert Bob Group, who already understands the ins and outs of City Hall. How long has he been working over here? Since, what, Chip Boyle's pieced out? Hold on, hold on. Cole Hendricks to NBC sportscaster Maurice Jones, city manager. Maurice Jones hits the road, Jack, heads to Chapel Hill. He's no longer the city manager at Chapel Hill. And then from there we go to Dr. T, Dr. Richardson. From Texas, Dr. T comes in. That did not go well. Dr. T did not, was not copiacetic with Heather Hill and the Kyle Walker. Dr. T had a tremendous falling out to the point he was suing the city because he got fired, he says, because he was a black man. That's literally what he said in the lawsuit. Dr. T gets popped, fired, let go, whatever you want to call it, pink slip. Then you get friend of the program, I believe John Blair. God, it's so confusing. No, was it Mike Murphy? No, Mike Murphy was before Mo Jones, was after Mo Jones. Maurice Jones, Mike Murphy, Dr. Richardson, friend of the program, John Blair, friend of the program, Chip Boyles. Chip Boyles and John Blair said, get me out of here. Then they got that other guy, Woolridge or Wooley, Mr. Wooley from Pennsylvania, from Hershey. Mr. Wooley legitimately quit the day before he took the job because he saw how much of a train wreck it was. Then what? Robert Bob Group's Michael Rogers stabilizes the organization. 
Lloyd just confirmed he's a shortlist guy. Give the job to the dude who's had the extended tryout and has already got the pop, the proof of her performance. Gary O'Connell after Cole Hendricks. Thank you, Jim Hingley. Thank you, Jim Hingley. Watching the program. Love you, Jim Hingley. Seriously, I love you, Jim. He says, Gary O'Connell after Cole Hendricks. Then a sportscaster, Mo Jones. Then Murphy, Richardson, Blair, Chip Boyles. My boy, Brian Wheeler, the director of comps at City Hall, angled for the job. My boy, B. Wheels, wanted that job. They said, nah, dude, you're a comms guy. You're not a city manager. So he pieced out. I think he's on a boat somewhere in the water in Virginia. Then you had Chip Boyles, the, the Woolery guy, the Woolridge guy from Hershey who quit the day before the job. And then Rogers comes in and stabilizes the ship. Give the job to Rogers. Now, I'm running out of time, and I got a VIP client call at 145 every Tuesday, and I'm always up against the gun. How long is the Tito Durrett sound? Uh, less than a minute. All right. We're going to play this right now. We're going to close with Tito Direct. Do you guys love the show? Do you like what we're doing here? Have you enjoyed the last hour and 15 minutes? We literally went one hour and 15 minutes straight without taking a break or going to commercial. There's not a broadcaster in Central Virginia that does that. Not a single damn one. If you like the show, tell people about the show. Hit the like button and give us some props. Judah Wickhauer is an important aspect of this operation. Give us some props. Kind words go a long way. Write it in the comment section. We'll close with Tito Direct, and my phone's about to die, so the conference call is going to have to happen on your phone here, my friend. On your phone. Tito Durrett, and this is how we close the show. In three, two, and one. Just as being a, been doing a good job of that recruiting, and to his credit, Tito Durrett did a good job on that kind of recruiting as well, because the people who are now coming out of the, out of the academy largely were people who were recruited during Tito's term. Who's the assistant police <clears throat> chief under Michael Koch's Tito Durrett. Right. He's a heck of a guy as well. Yeah. So, so he was also retiring, by the way. Really? Yeah. When did he make that announcement? I don't know that he's formally made the announcement, but there will be a... End of, of this a, year? At the end of this month. Tito Durrett. Oh, my goodness. When I see you, sir, and I see him often, he's a very recognizable guy, broad-shouldered guy. I will say congratulations for your retirement and thank you for your service. This man became a, a man in the Charlottesville Police Department. I believe he started as a junior police officer went all the way up the ranks, was the interim police chief, and is now Cochise's right-hand man until the end of the month. I think Mayor Snook just broke some news right there. I wasn't intending yeah. to. I thought, it was, I thought it was known. I'm pretty, I, did not, I follow all this yeah. stuff as closely as you. I did not. Well, not as closely as you because you have much You're more to tell than I do. You're the mayor. Yeah. yeah.